Welcome to Hollow Ground Storycast. I'm Alan. And I'm Anya, and this is a bonus episode of Hollow Ground Storycast. It's the end of Pride Month, and we're talking about our queer relationships to fiction. It's been a crazy couple of months for both me and Anya, and uh, unfortunately we got a little bit behind on the podcast. Uh, but we don't want to cut corners on our main episode uh, for this month, which is about Obvious Child. So we thought that we would do this uh, a little bit more fun episode and talk about queerness in fiction and how we feel about it. We are also super stoked to invite special guest Jordan McGill, who is co-host of the Buffy podcast Prophecy Guys, to join us today. Uh, so welcome, Jordan. Hi. Super happy to be here. Yay! Yeah. Yeah, so to start off, let's just talk a little bit about each of our relationships uh, to queerness and fiction. And I guess I'll go first. I identify as bisexual. And some of my first experiences with queer crushes came through fictional characters rather than people I knew in real life. And I think one of the reasons for that is because like it felt safer. I don't know, more things feel possible than it does with like people in in real life. Uh, so I am uh, very, very recently out as bi uh, as of yesterday. And congratulations. Uh, <laughs> congratulations. Thank you so much. It honestly, I'm getting amazing feedback and support. And it's been just an unambiguously positive experience. I was a little nervous going into it. Uh, because kind of my background is that I'm from kind of uh, evangelical world. Like that's kind of my subculture from when I was younger. And I'm still kind of a part of the um, Christianity conversation. I have now two degrees to do ministry. And so that is a space that can be kind of hostile. Uh, and it sort of kept me from realizing this stuff about myself until later in life. I'm 26, um, which isn't too late, but it's a little later than a lot of my other queer friends kind of came to terms with this stuff. Uh, yeah, you got me thinking about my queer crushes from when I was younger. And it's a little tough because I sort of kind of didn't let my brain go there when I was younger. Like, I, I can recognize that I did feel attraction toward male characters in addition to female characters, but I just sort of wouldn't let myself entertain those thoughts. And so, yeah, it was kind of tough uh, exploring those thoughts, but also kind of a cool little... Um, uh, just looking back moment for me. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad we had the opportunity to invite you to be here. And it's, it's just interesting that you sort of pin your sort of like not having a lot of formative queer experiences to the maybe less accepting community that you grew up in. Cause I actually, I mm -hmm. feel kind of similar, and I grew up in a totally accepting community. Like, I was raised in a church that was, like, explicitly LGBT-affirming, and I grew up around oh, wow. queer people and even, you know, like, around out trans people in the mid-90s. Mm -hmm. But somehow being in still, like, a, a predominantly straight culture, I don't think I even thought about the fact that maybe I was bi until middle of college where where sort of like oh wait no like I think I might actually be bi because it's so easy to just mm -hmm. you know explain things away and when you have like this whole other side of your sexuality that like is really easy and obvious and everyone is implicitly supporting totally 
No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and that sense kind of makes me feel a little better about the journey I'm on, actually, because it makes me feel like maybe this is just something that a lot of folks don't figure out until their 20s, because it's kind of harder to pin down than if you're just gay or lesbian. Yeah, yeah, I totally Um, think so. Yeah. It's really gratifying to hear that people are being very supportive of you so far, um, Mm -hmm. because like, I'm a big fan of uh, your Buffy show. And it gives me a lot of hope, like having grown up in a very evangelical uh, Christian community to listen to your show and and watch like the next generation of ministers be a part of like political activism and awareness and inclusivity. And I'm like, wow, like this gives me a lot of hope for the direction of American Christianity when I listen to your Mm -hmm. show. And it's it's really gratifying Uh, And so it's good to hear that, you know, like you're in a future leadership position and to come out in this way and people don't attack you for it is like, Mm -hmm. wow, like things might really start to heal in a meaningful way. It really has been kind of overwhelmingly positive at this point. Like the notifications are are kind of catching me off guard. (laughs) And uh, and a couple of folks have reached out to come out to me just to come out to somebody. Are you the only person that they're out to? There were two folks who messaged me and, yeah, who hadn't told anybody else yet. Oh, my yet. God. Yeah, that's really humbling. Just, like, a really kind of sobering experience, but also an honor, obviously. Yeah. I mean, from my perspective, that's kind of what ministry is, is to um, be a listening ear for folks who just really need support. Sorry, I'm just crying a little bit here. <laughs> that's great. Uh, well, my experience with queerness and fiction is like a little bit less dramatic, uh, than both of you because it's not so mm-hmm. closely tied to my identity, but I don't know to me, like a beautiful person has always been like a beautiful person. I will see an especially beautiful person and then I will like be a deer in the headlights <laughs> and, then, mm-hmm. and, and they're like, uh, you're, you're embarrassing yourself. Please stop. And I'm like, I can't move. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Buffy is a touchstone for all of us, right? So I'll be like, Mm -hmm. wow, Faith is like hot. And people are like, yeah, Faith is hot, of course. And then I'll be like, you know, Angel is hot. And people are like, "Uh, oh, oh, (laughs) um, sure. Mm -hmm. Or they'll be like, wow, that's really brave of you. Like, good for you. And I'll be like, no, (laughs) Angel is just hot. Can we just, it's just objective. Why is this a debate? (laughs) Mm hmm. And really, for when it comes to guys, it's got to be like, they have to be beautiful. I don't know. So I'm, I guess I'm kind of shallow <laughs> in, in my attraction to men. Okay. So I thought it would be fun if we could talk a little bit about some of our uh, like queer fictional crushes that we'd had. Um, and maybe some of our favorite or formative queer relationships in fiction. I want to say, like, the first sort of queer crush that I had, um, it will be a surprise to basically no lesbians or bi women, um, was on Kate Monig. But <laughs> this part might be surprising. So she's very famous um, for playing Shane McCutcheon on The L Word. But the first time I saw Kate Monig um, was actually in a TV show called Young Americans. It was only on for like one summer in the year 2000. So that would have been like the summer between um, middle school and high school for me. 
and she played uh, this young woman named Jacqueline Pratt who um, dressed as a boy and went to a men's only or like a boys only school. Um, and I think I definitely just took that at face value at the time. Although in retrospect, I'm it's kind of like shocking that it didn't go deeper into like actual gender identity. <laughs> My next big, like, fictional crush that I remember was uh, Michelle Rodriguez, who was Trudy Chacon in Avatar, which came out in 2009. I just remember, like, going to watch that movie and, and like, the whole time I was just like, wait, no, more about this helicopter pilot. Like, why are we bothering with all of these boring other people? Like... <laughs> <laughs> And at the end of the movie, just being like, I want more. But like, and honestly, like, she's the only thing I really remember about that movie. Um, still to this day. So, I mean, I did, <laughs> I remember it being just like, like such a moment for me to be like, oh, yeah, I'm totally bi. And I'm totally into Michelle Rodriguez. Michelle Rodriguez is always good. Mm-hmm. And then my other sort of like big fictional crush, um, which is um, Lizzie Kaplan as Casey Klein from the TV show Party Down, which ran on Stars Network from 2009 to 2010. And that show is great. It's by Rob Thomas, the creator of Veronica Mars. Um, it has a ton of um, alums from Veronica Mars on it. Um, it's really great. Like each episode is a bottle episode that only takes place in like one location. Um, it's about a, a catering crew staffed by out-of-work actors in LA and I just remember like watching the show and really appreciating it but also being like fuck Adam Scott like Lizzie Kaplan (laughs) or like Casey like you should be dating me (laughs) yeah and then uh I guess my honorable mention um also not a surprise to anybody who is well-versed in uh the Whedonverse but Yosef Bridge Mm. um played by Christina Hendricks in Firefly um, she just like oozes sexuality and yeah, she's like evil and manipulative and definitely not good relationship material. Like, God, she's attractive. So I think th- that's my list of like formative fictional crushes helping me realize my bisexuality. I find that I have specific celebrity crushes, uh, but maybe not specific characters, although I, I could pick like a favorite character from my celebrity crushes. Uh, and that's so what I uh, what I did for my first one is uh, I my man crush for all time is Jake Gyllenhaal, huge Gyllenholic. So I picked Coulter Stevens in the underrated sci fi movie Source Code from 2011. Ooh, um, I've never yeah. heard of that, actually. Most haven't. It's very good. It's yeah. it's weirdly good for the fact that no one's heard of it. Uh, yeah, I just, I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he's a great actor. And uh, if I had an exact type, <laughs> it'd be Jake <laughs> Gyllenhaal. Um, and that that is one that kind of dips further into my past. Before I even had the language for being bisexual, I'm like, there's something about Jake Gyllenhaal, though. So. <laughs> um, also, I'm curious about the word Gyllenholic. Is that something you made up or is that like in the fandom? I don't, I don't know if there's a an official fandom, but I think someone accused me of that once, oh. and it <laughs> and it kind of stuck. Nice. <laughs> uh, all right, and so my next two are kind of more recent. Honorable mention goes to all of the Chris's in the MCU. Yes. In fact, all the men and all the people in the MCU 
Uh, and it was really just a matter of picking which one. And as a character, I'd probably skew Cap, Captain America, Chris Evans. Uh, but just in terms of like raw sexual energy, <laughs> it's got to be Chris Hemsworth as Thor. And I'll give it to Ragnarok Thor because I also love his sense of humor. Yeah. And yeah, uh, Ragnarok Thor is definitely peak Thor. Yeah, I think so. And then finally, uh, the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is one of my favorites on TV. And I'll talk about a couple from it later. But uh, David Hull's character, White Josh, I think is my favorite queer crush who is on a queer character. Uh, He's a gay character on that show. And just sort of devastatingly handsome. I just don't know what to do with it. And uh, yeah, so that's it for me is uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Chris Hemsworth, David Hull. Uh, Coulter Stevens, Thor, and White Josh. And the name makes sense if you watch the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's another Josh. So the thing that made me really appreciate Chris Hemsworth as an actor was actually seeing him in Ghostbusters. Totally. The, the new Ghostbusters. Um, <laughs> you are stealing my whole thing. Like, this is <laughs> not fair. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that was my first pick. Is Chris Hemsworth? I don't like Chris Hemsworth Thor because he's like he's too like thick. He's too like it's too much. <laughs> but then he's also, you see him he's not funny as Thor until you get to Ragnarok. I don't personality schmersonality like. <laughs> but the he's like he's sleeker and like went in Ghostbusters and then he's up there and he's dancing and I'm like oh, hang hang on wait wait a moment here like there's something happening and I can't breathe. <laughs> uh, yeah, so definitely Chris Hemsworth. Like probably my go-to one for people would be like Team Jacob from Twilight. That's like Ooh. always been my team. And this is a big argument between me and my wife because she's <laughs> completely team Edward. And I'm like, that is sad. That makes me sad. <laughs> yeah. But there's, you know, the whole scene, I think in the second movie, like he, there's some, he like jumps off of a flying motorcycle or something and like lands and takes off his shirt. And I'm like, how is time stopped? Like every, it's like a <laughs> matrix or something like He's uh, very pretty. I definitely agree Team Jacob over Team Edward. Jacob seems to at least like start out as a genuine friend before he gets creepy as opposed to just like starting out <laughs> creepy and then like, the creepy up the whole time. So, uh, And then, you know, probably like one of the earliest ones would be like um, Angel and David Boreanaz. I would say more like the season three uh, Angel where it's like all much more dark and conflicted and shirtless tai chi and um (laughs) and stuff like that and you know for an honorable mention i would say and this one's kind of weird um because it it wasn't one of those things where i was like hypnotically struck is uh chidi from the good place uh who's Mm -hmm. yeah played by um william jackson harper yeah because i'm not usually like into the personality whatever and it might just be because he's got like the very buttoned up and um, like literally buttoned up shirts and then the big glasses and the dorky thing going on. I'm like, okay, he's like a nerdy character. He's into philosophy. Like I'm into all of that, like as a character, but then like every once in a while he, he won't have the glasses or like he's shirtless. And I'm like, hang on a second. Like <laughs> Chidi's a, a hottie. Like when mm. did, when did that happen? So last night I was sort of thinking about 
if I had any sort of favorite or formative queer relationships in fiction, the same way that I had crushes on fictional characters. And like, I came to the sad realization that I don't think I do. Aside from, of course, I think the one that we all share, which is the Willow Terror relationship from Buffy. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I was curious, have either of you read the comics? Because, spoiler for comics, Buffy has a a same-sex relationship at some point in the comics. It's interesting. Uh, I don't think it's maybe given the space it deserves, given, like, what a revelation that is for Buffy's character. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I was grateful for the representation because Buffy's a character that I identify with so strongly otherwise and so it was very cool just to see that kind of straight gay binary troubled a little bit by a character who had a queer experience but wasn't necessarily a lesbian because that's something with Willow and Tara that uh, was almost a little frustrating but I guess kind of of the time is she had this meaningful relationship with Oz and then a meaningful relationship with Tara but it was framed in terms of like, well, I'm gay now. Yeah, yeah. And it just felt a little right. bit like by erasure. Um, so it was cool to see something more like that with Buffy and uh, Satsu. Alan, you were talking about The Good Place. I love the way they kind of like play the sexual tension and the, the crush that Eleanor has on Tahani, which is sort of like a, a low boil in the background. It doesn't feel like it's... um male gazy or leery yeah. it's just like a thing mm-hmm. about herself that she's kind of like like you are irresistible and i don't get that yeah. <laughs> like and i think it would be maybe queer baity other than that they seem to be getting more explicit about it the more it yeah. goes on mm-hmm. that she's even recognized like verbally like i may be actually attracted yeah. to you <laughs> <laughs> and then i guess the other thing that came to me was I really loved how in Orange is the New Black, there were so many female queer characters, you know, because almost always Mm -hmm. on any show that's not the L word, it's basically like, if there's a queer character, they're like the queer character. And then like, maybe they get a love interest. But to have so many different ways of being queer and different kinds of queer relationships all all like together forming the fabric for the show i just i just really loved well i have a couple to throw in here yeah so i mentioned uh white josh from crazy ex-girlfriend earlier it's a little spoilery but it's kind of out there in the cultural conversation now he's in a relationship with the character daryl whitefeather well he is bi which is something he comes to terms with over the course of the show which was a very cool representation moment the way they play it so explicitly and almost kind of demystify it a little bit and uh, why Josh is gay and they're in a relationship for a while that really uh, it's just kind of precious and sweet. Another one that meant a lot to me kind of as I was coming to terms with my own sexuality was Korra and Asami in the show Avatar The Legend of Korra, which oh, is a, an amazing show. And it this relationship is kind of gestured toward very explicitly in the last episode. Um, and it's interesting that it was a uh, a kids show i mean avatar and its sequel the legend of korra were both very mature and very sophisticated for kids shows but it was a nickelodeon cartoon mm-hmm. uh, and the but the last couple seasons they didn't really have the ratings to air it on television so they streamed it online on their website and so that kind of gave the creators maybe the artistic freedom to explicitly gesture toward a queer relationship in the finale of the show and 
I didn't see it coming when I watched it, and, and it totally kind of was just devastating um, to me emotionally, but in a good way. It just really kind of shook me because I didn't see a kid's show going in this direction. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was kind of as I was right as I was coming to terms with my own situation and my own sexuality. And I was just getting really emotional. And I'm like, well, why am I crying? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I that it doesn't get a lot of treatment in the show, but the creators were very explicit about wanting to go out on that note. And that meant a lot to me too. Oh, that's so awesome. Okay, well, I think uh, that's all for today. Um, Jordan, why don't you tell us where we can find you? Yeah, you guys mentioned I uh, host a podcast called The Prophecy Guys. Uh, So yeah, it's uh, just a Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast that we look at kind of through the lens of theology because my friend Sam and I are both, uh, we're kind of theologians and we dabble in like philosophy and uh, art history. And so yeah, we just try and watch this show Buffy from as many lenses as possible, but with a focus on spirituality. While also trying to be as like justice oriented and progressive as possible which is kind of a tightrope uh, because uh, i mean i'm sure a lot of folks know christianity has kind of a troubled history with justice issues lately and so yeah it's a, just a kind of a venue for those kind of conversations and it's been a lot of fun very meaningful and it kind of dovetails in really interesting ways kind of with what's going on in this country and uh yeah so prophecy guys i'm on twitter at jordan mcgill M-A-G-I-L-L. Yeah, just cool being kind of a part of a larger podcasting community with y'all. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I'm so glad that I saw your coming out tweet yesterday and was able to invite you to join us for this episode that we, you know, had already planned to record. But I think um, having you as a guest made it a lot more fun. So, Uh, well, I'm Anya and you can follow me on Twitter at Strangely Literal. That's Strangely, then L-I-T-E-R-L. And, uh, I'm on Twitter at Chipper Allen. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at HG Storycast and uh, check out the website hgstorycast.com uh, to find out everything that we're going to be doing soon. And we would love to hear from you about your formative queer crushes, who you think is the prettiest, what your favorite queer relationships uh, from fiction are. Um, so if you want to share that with us, you can add us on Twitter or um, send us an email contact at halloweedgroundmedia.com or visit hgstorycast.com slash contact. Hallowed Ground Storycast is a Hallowed Ground Media production and is produced under a Creative Commons non-commercial share alike license.